I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are here for more millennium. Uh, as we debated last week, we pulled the trigger on it and are talking about three episodes this week. So thank you for your patience as we figured that out gradually. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but yes, we did decide sure. and that's what we're doing. So there, that's what we're doing. And it that works. way, it is a two-parter next week. So Yeah. It, yeah, it, these are, I mean, in some ways, well, the first one is one thing, but the next two are a little more prosaic anyway. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it, it actually fits. It's not like we're going to spend two hours instead no. of the usual hour and 20 minutes. Exactly. All right. So jump us into the first episode. Well, yes. So this is where it opens with a very happy occasion. With Frank's Frank's brother, brother yeah. and his wife are baptizing their first child. Yep. And they've There's, returned from across the country to yeah. Seattle. Yes. In order to uh, do this, because that's, as we've established in the past, where Frank and his brother are from. Now, this yes. is the first time his brother has ever been mentioned. Yes. Uh, but that's okay. It's fine. We've, not like it, there was any reason for him to come up before, but like, don't expect to be seeing a ton of his brother again. Well, no, and there was, and there was certainly a, there was always stress between the two brothers. So oh, clearly, it's not as if, but they just obviously decided to come back home. Oh, exactly. For the baptism it to be a baptized, very nice thing to do. Same, same church that they'd both been baptized mm -hmm. in, because these are and, Catholics and they love tradition. Yes, and so. Um, you know, so clearly they they go and and the baptism happens, and then they're having the little um, soiree afterwards. The soiree afterwards, mm -hmm. and and um, and then it turns out that their daughter, Frank's daughter, well, yeah. for, at the at the thing though, Frank's Frank sees his sister in law talking to some strange man with the baby, but. Yep doesn't look like it's a stressful thing but frank's just uneasy about it but yeah and jordan is running around like all little kids that age do at these functions mm -hmm. running around and and going in and you know and then he looks up the the sister-in-law has disappeared which yep. is not a big problem as far as he's concerned except he's uneasy and he wonders where jordan is so he goes after jordan and then he goes after Jordan, and um, Jordan is in the church proper, and she was with another little boy, <laughs> and he's just kind of standing there looking at her, but she's bent over in the pews, between the pews, crying her eyes out, mm -hmm. you know, and she says, why is that man hurting, or something like that, yeah. um, you know, her, her aunt. Why is that man taking her aunt away, right? Mm -hmm. And Frank brings Jordan to the mother, to, to, to Catherine, and he goes running out, goes to the car, and there's the baby. Yeah, the baby has been All left in by the car. itself. Yeah, in the mm -hmm. car. Um, and the sister-in-law, I don't remember her name, is nowhere to be found. Yeah. And now we're often running with a kidnapping episode. Yes. 
which is you know what as you say um very much so uh while we go into the theme of you're not safe anywhere ever like mm-hmm. it definitely has that feeling at the same time uh yeah. it is a very traditional uh it is a very yeah. traditional kind of kidnapping episode like yeah. the kind you might see in almost any uh of this kind of nighttime drama frank is desperate to find his sister-in-law and he'll he'll break any rules to find her that yes. kind of situation because of course he shouldn't be on the case because oh, it's brother and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. he's going to do it anyway oh yeah and his brother is massively distraught and angry at frank every time we get anywhere near frank something bad happens <laughs> which is true i mean he's not yeah. he's not wrong no he's not wrong <laughs> this kind of awfulness does tend to follow frank around so yeah and there is this but there is this also this idea whether this guy who kidnapped the sister-in-law has anything to do with the person who's been sending frank pictures yeah and clearly it's not um but uh you yeah. know that, that that does pop into bob's head of or course head, you know yeah and um, the real thing is he rejects uh bob immediately says we can't have the help of the Millennium Group. Yeah, because that will just put everything into, um, if we go to trial, it'll be a problem. It'll be a problem because you, the brother-in-law, was the one finding evidence. So it yeah. will be, they will be questioning that evidence. So we might not be able to get a conviction, uh, conviction. Frank doesn't really care about convictions. He just wants to find her and get her back. Yeah. And so, so we do some stuff with the futility of, you know, like looking at mug books. Yes. Of just like going through all of these pictures of sex offenders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they I do have... find one, though, they do find one guy. Oh, yeah. And, but of course, Bill's having none of any of it. Stay out of this, Frank. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just his standard line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, um, but as I say, how can you find anyone from the back of the head? Yeah. Because exactly. that's all Frank saw. Yeah. He didn't see him at all. But the, uh, Frank's point is, and this is a good point, you don't just like show up at a baptism hoping to catch somebody. Yeah. You had to be following a person. Yeah. And he and- go when he's going through the luggage to try and see how they were targeted, see if he can find any yeah. clues or anomalies, he notices that one of the tags yeah. on the the suitcases they brought is missing. It has their name and address. Yeah, well it has it has his brother's business name and address. Yeah. On it, right? And so and then they phone there, find out that the brother uh, someone has called the office saying he was a friend and had forgotten where the wet, where the baptism, baptism was and had given so. it directions to it. So there you go. That's how he found them. That's how he found them. And so they go to the they go to the uh, the CCTV yeah. of the airport because that's the only place he could have stolen the tag. Yeah. Right, and they managed to find what Frank says is footage of it was probably footage of this guy briefly talking to the wife. So he's yes. like, "This is our lead. This is what we need to find him." And of course, uh, Bob, like you said, is nervous about having the Millennium Group using their you know sci-fi computer technology to get a better picture of this guy. Yeah, 
I, I think it's almost preposterous how reluctant Bob is at this point, given uh, how yes, successful the leads are. Yeah, no, not only that, it, it is preposterous right from the beginning. Yeah. Because it's not like this is the first time that there's been a Frank involvement in a case. Yeah. When, like in the past where Frank's had to go and see somebody that he put away for heaven's sakes. You know, that mm -hmm. could be a conflict of interest, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there are other places where the Millennium Group is there anyway, so. Might as well. And why can't you bring someone else in from the Millennium Group to do it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so instead no. of, uh, now, so of course, Frank does call Peter Watts. Naturally. Naturally, to find out if he can tell him anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they do find they do find the picture and they do find the person, yeah. and he's just gotten out of jail. And they say that uh, you know he had dismissed he was in the list of um, yeah. the suspects, like the list of sex offenders who match this uh, uh, who match this you know, mo, but of kidnapping and sexually assaulting women. But unfortunately, he was bald, and that's why Frank didn't recognize him. And he mm -hmm. was obviously wearing a wig. Now, given that when Frank gets close to people, he sometimes sees things. Yeah. Why he didn't see something this time is beyond me. But and he was distracted by family stuff. Who knows? Yes, because his brother was with him. And so they walked by the guy. Exactly. Um, Meanwhile, we cut over to said guy at a hardware store announcing that he's that doing weird. a home improvement project and building an add-on room. And we see him buying uh, a nail gun to put up uh, to start working on a new room. Yes, and and tape for the for the board and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff, right? And very um, creepy we, little scene. Very creepy little scene. Yep. And in the meantime, of course, um, Frank has all the stuff. He's yep. got the the. You know, he's got the whole file of this guy. Mm -hmm. And um, and if he wants to find out more about him, yeah, he's going to have to, right, uh, he's going to have to go out to the hospital where the, the, for the criminally insane, where the guy until very recently was. Yes. And I'm not sure, is this, this where the guy... Because the guy is being followed, is being watched. Oh, yeah, the, the cops are watching him. He can't you know, go anywhere. Not... He can't do anything. This is where he yeah. comes out and he screams at the cops. And the cops are just like, yeah. meh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And the mother the mother comes out and gets him back in. Because, But the interesting thing is what he says. He says, I didn't do this. Yep. He keeps insisting, this isn't my fault. I didn't do this. And yep. theoretic, technically, yes. Well, we'll get there. Because Frank then goes to the hospital, because we see this with the with the two cops outside, and the mm -hmm. one cop says, well, should we arrest him? Ah, no, let's just watch him. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just watch him so they continue to watch him. While Frank goes out the to the meantime, hospital. Frank goes out to the hospital. In the meantime, his brother, who is completely distraught and out of it, Yeah. Is, is sort of sitting there and then goes downstairs into Frank's office and goes rifling through his files mm -hmm. and finds out where the guy lives. Yeah, but that doesn't pay off until after the hospital scene. 
Yeah. And then we get the hospital scene. Because we don't really know what the brother is doing. We can surmise. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, there's he only a very the, few oh, yeah. things. He finds the gun. Yeah. Yeah. We also see him grab a gun. It's not complicated yeah. to think what this guy is going to do. Yeah. So then we go to the hospital. And we find out that this guy is a Satan worshiper. He has engraved in the ground the symbol of Lucifer. And yeah. we find out that he has a matching scar on his arm shaped that way. Mm-hmm. and his specific psychosis that is explained by his doctor who said yeah. that like i would have kept him in forever if i could because i was sure that the minute he got out he like we ha- she's like we have a massively good rate uh-huh. of people not offending again but there are a few guys who you know legally i would keep them forever if i could because they're going to do it again and this guy's delusions are so strong that, like, he is protected well, he from the said, devil. So long as he is in the insane asylum, he is protected yeah. from the devil that makes him commit crimes. Yeah. And the minute he gets out, the devil is going to get back inside his head and, he and make makes, him do evil again. Yeah. And he makes that clear. Oh, 100%. The yeah. The doctor is well aware of this. And she said she would have kept and She said there was nothing we could do about it. And as long as he was here, he felt he was safe. Yeah. And um, and he did say he would do it again when yeah. he came, or well, he didn't say exactly. He would say the devil again, would the devil it. would get back in his head is what he says. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. But of course, he's out in parole and stuff because yeah. he doesn't he, because he's fine as long as he's in, on his medication and in the hospital. Yeah. Safe. So they, as she says, they just send him out with a bottle of pills and bottle of pills and hope for the best. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I was I hadn't thought about this until we're talking about it, but I did have a client once that we did get into the system, and she, because that's where she needed to go. That's what crisis in crisis counseling you really do want. Is sometimes it goes on a lot longer than you want, but yeah, we did manage to get her into jail. I mean that's. That was an inter that was an interesting story itself, you know. Right. Um into not, not into jail, but into because she ended up at the hospital and the basically at the hospital she wouldn't leave and she wouldn't leave and she was stuck. And so they did call the cops. The cops brought her to my house. Oh my god. Well, yes, because she kept saying that she needed to go because I would understand. And yeah. so they brought her to my house. Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, then I called her partner and other rest of it. But um, she, they brought her to my house because I would understand. And I brought her inside, and she sat inside. And then I had a long conversation with the cops, and they said, "Look, she says we couldn't sit with her forever." Yeah. There, and you know, but she just seemed to be. And but when we did finally get her into a psych ward, we mm-hmm. actually persuaded somehow or another. Managed, she managed to see the common sense of actually admitting herself because she was in a problematic state. Um, So, you know, and so they did put her in and they kept her in for a week. And she basically said the same thing as this guy. As long as she was in there, the demons couldn't come and get her. Yeah. You know, it was the same problem, but again, and she wouldn't participate in sort of probably the, well, I know the normal, um therapy she was supposed to the therapies and things like that she just mm. was safe there huh. that was the only place she was safe 
as far as she was concerned. And then they let her out again. And I won't go into it. All sorts of other It's stuff. not important what happened then, but it's the no, same but it's issue the we're same, talking about It's here. the same issue, right? Yeah. That then the problems start all over again. And um, so, yeah. Uh, so and it's not murder. Frank it's, gets home from the hospital yep, and finds mind. out that his brother has, right, taken, has his taken his gun and yeah. he's been told, you know, had told Catherine that he was going to be meeting Frank downtown. Frank doesn't have any yeah. idea what he's talking about. So Frank assumes he's run off to atta- uh, assault the killer, which, you know, very reasonable thing for Frank to assume. So he rushes over to the house in time to find his brother sticking a gun in the guy's face. Well, no, to know no, no. His wife is. Wait, no, Frank comes after he gets there and he yes and no but you're right the the cops have already inter the cops have already intervened yes and they talk to him and they they just talk him down yeah he puts the gun and then frank drives up yeah exactly and then frank brings him in the car and i you know and then they go off somewhere and peter watts runs into them meets them Right, because then, we find uh, Peter Watts has discovered because uh, yeah. the Millennium Group went over all of the evidence. They found out that on the brother's car, the rental car, mm-hmm. they found where the woman was abducted from was the strangest thing—a piece of uh, uh, plant life that must have come from the killer because they're you know they just got to Seattle that day, yeah, or yesterday. So it's like and. In an amazing coincidence, it's a type of plant that only lives in a very specific small area north of town. So. Yeah, because it's not even yeah. it's 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 in it's indigenous to Japan or yeah, something. It's ja- some and kind so of Japanese tree. So yeah. that they tried to uh, grow here, and it's it's only in this tiny tiny area. So they go so up there. The three of them, three of them, go on a journey to through the park. Yeah, and then. Peter sees a cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Oh, oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so what do they find there? They find all these bloody clothes. Yeah. They find, and eventually, um, you know, and so, of course, um, his, the brother is just. Understandably distraught. Yes, but he says, I can't, just can't feel anything. And Frank says, okay, is it time to go? Yeah. Are you ready to go? And he said, yeah, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then Peter Watts, they do all of the, the blood work and things. They discover, yes, it's his wife's blood. Mm-hmm. And it's the blood of this guy that they think is the killer. Yeah. You know, so they're going to bring him in again. But there's So some- they rush down but- to his place. And the guys are all looking for the, are all out there looking for the body. Yeah. Because they, they, they can't find any sign of the body. They all assume. But then they finally manage to, in the killer's backyard, find what uh, a sign of a body. Something wrapped in plastic, a foot down under the sod. Uh, yeah. And it turns out to be a dead body from years ago. Yep. That they didn't know Or... About. Probably older than when yeah. this this guy could have done it. Yes, I mean it does look like a very very old body. By like they've gone out of their way to make this thing look like it is fully decomposed. Yeah, and that of course is a key hint as to what's going on. Uh, so, but and so now they can just arrest this guy and drag him away. But the problem is, like, 
they it's don't obviously know not. They don't know where she is, and they've been following him this whole time. He didn't leave her body out in the woods, so he must have brought her back here. Where could she have possibly gone? Yeah, and as they say, and besides, he they don't even know sort of the whole woods thing. You know, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he's... Where is he? Where is he? And then they they do actually find the hardware store. Receipt. Receipt. Yeah. That he just bought... Uh, these weird things. These weird tools for doing home repairs. They managed to figure out that this is the kind of thing you would use to put up a wall. And yeah. so they go over to all the walls. This one feels like the paint is fresh they knock it down and they find that she's been walled up still alive miraculously yes she's still warm yeah oof so it ends all's well that ends well i mean kind of because the big reveal is that frank sees that in addition to this mother yeah uh the guy had a father who is watching ev- all of this impassively. And now, well, finally, Frank has his visions. Yeah. From the father. Yeah. And he finally understands what was going on. The vi- the devil that the killer was talking about, as we say killer, was a very real person. Yep. Who was, He's in fine. fact, kidnapping, uh, who was kidnapping women for his father to rape and ter- torture and murder. Yeah. And he could never say no to his father and he could never get away from his father. And that is what has been going on this whole time. Yeah, it's quite an ending. Yes. Because uh, just just to let you know that we're not going to add on a satisfying thing. What we're told is, well, we know the father's ultimately responsible. We've got no evidence of that. And he's already got a good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> keeping us from talking to him. So all we're going to be able to do is put the kidnapper back in jail forever. Yeah. And, and yikes, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, because, but what, just before that, we've seen the brother and the wife, because it's two weeks later or yeah. something. Oh, well, it is, yeah. They, they tell us. I like, do like that they give us the time frame. Oh, absolutely. I'm, and uh, so she's, you know, out of the hospital, not extremely well, but no, she's recovering. Yeah. yeah. Catherine Binks brings her the baby and Frank and Jordan go walking. Yeah. Just go for a little walk. But mm-hmm. it's very like the funny thing is, is that in this episode, I'm sitting there going, but haven't they hasn't Frank figured out? Why isn't he talking to Catherine about the fact that she knew? Like she's sitting there and sobbing because mm-hmm. she knew about the kidnapping because someone was hurting. Someone uh, was her hurting aunt. her aunt. Yeah, and right? she knew. And she knew. So, mm-hmm. and, but Frank doesn't talk about it. Nobody talks about it in this episode. Now, no. it, and up the episode, up, the show uh, hasn't forgotten about that. The show didn't forget about it, but I, I guess I just didn't quite trust the show. <laughs> you should always trust and Millennium, now, at least in season yes. one. Yes, at least in season one. So that not not as I said, all's well that ends well in terms of his brother and his sister in law and the baby. Yeah. She's so happy to have her baby back and safe, and off they go back home, and they'll never show up in Seattle again. Nope. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! They're not coming back. 
Yep. And that's the right choice. Yep. You yep. know, even if it weren't for all the serial killers and rapists and kidnappers, I hear it's going to be falling into the uh, ocean on May 5th, 2020. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, too, that the one thing you can notice if you keep watching the house. Yeah. It's like the glow is going away. The glow is going away. Yeah. Like periodically it comes back over these three episodes, but basically it's there's clouds over the sky. Mm -hmm. a lot and when you clouds. go to the interior, and it's not interiors, it's not lit as warmly anymore. Anymore, right? Nope. You know, you can you can just tell that and that's your that's your cue that something is going wrong. And if you watch this the way we're watching it, of course, which is as if you know, episode after episode. Yeah, you, do you can see the changes happening right away in a way that you wouldn't if you were sitting a week between episodes. Yeah. Yeah, you're seeing the changes in real time. And it's, yeah, yeah it's a very it's, intriguing thing they're doing. Yeah, I, I, you know, and it's consistent. Like, I yeah. like it. It's, as I said, there was, there was, of course, more Catherine a little bit. But, mm -hmm. you know, everything is, and now Frank's daughter's showing signs that, She's got the gift. The exact same thing he does. Yep. Yep. So, oh dear. Yeah, let's see where this goes. Now, yeah, let's see where this goes. So now we go to Covenant. Covenant. Uh, that was which, sacrament. Where that was we sacrament. Devil. Yeah. And we now we're talking about angels. Now we'll talk about angels. Uh, both oh, human good. takes on it. So, hey, uh, remember that episode of Criminal Minds Riding the Lightning? Yeah. This isn't riding the lightning. It is. It's, it is, I mean, it's a bleaker version of riding the lightning. No, this is more, this is more the episode with Mitch Pelagi. No. It's about a guy on death row who has a secret that could get him off death row, but he refuses to tell anybody. Oh, okay. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, okay. It's the exact plot of Riding the Lightning. I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't kill his family, spoiler alert. No, I know he didn't kill his family. You're right. You're right. You're right. This you're is right. Riding I, the Lightning. Sorry. Yes, this is Riding the Lightning. Yeah. And it's Without not a serial killer. Yes, and it's not as good an episode as Riding the Lightning. I don't know. It's a pretty good episode. It's No, it is a really good episode with a really good um, like you have a really good red herring. Yep. You have a really good ending twist oh. and how Frank figures things out. Yep. Um so I mean I, I I have no problem with this episode, but you have to understand that my favorite episode No, I know it Riding Lightning is your favorite episode of I'm just saying, like that that is the closest touch point that I can you know compare to in the world okay. of criminal minds. Yeah, but this is yes, okay. I I can understand that because of the twist, but this 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 man still, it's well yeah. Never mind. Now, yeah. Let's just, let's just go because to me in riding the lightning, of course, is that the child is still alive. Yeah, I know. Right? Whereas here, all of the children are dead. No. And he's just talking about, you know, uh, it's guilt and your immortal soul he's talking about not trying to protect somebody in the here and now. But that is the only real yeah. difference between this plot and Riding the Light. I think it's safe to say. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it opens very kind of well. You know, there's some deep problem in this family. Mm -hmm. The father is, you know, completely disconnected. Is completely disconnected. Is beveling. He won't even go in and eat with the family. Now, yeah. I mean, I mean, this this sheriff, right? He's the sheriff of the town. Yeah, and he has a reason to feel so guilty. Guilt and shame. Yes, this is this is perfectly believable. Oh yeah, um, and um, you know, so it is. Uh, it is. It was a hard one to watch. You know, you it just, is. He won't go in. His son says, "Dad, come in to dinner." Yeah, just come in, and he won't. Mm-hmm. Right? And he doesn't then, feel like he belongs with the family. And then we move, we move to the son going and getting, he's going to bring his father some food. Yep. So he goes to get something for his father at 917. Mm-hmm. We get a time oh, at yeah. 917 and he walks down the stairs and he goes, oh, what are you doing here? And you see someone who sees him all bathed in light. Yep. Like he's an angel. Mm-hmm. And then he gets killed. Yeah. And then, then it closes and you know, and then we get the the credits, and then Frank has been has been pulled into this town mm-hmm. in Utah to do a psychological profile because the prosecutor wants him to get the death penalty. Yep. And, and he's like, here in Utah, like we don't let people sit on death row for fifteen forever. years, like yeah. this is Florida or California, yeah, where and, there's like two hundred people sitting on death row for decades. No, yeah. like we we this set him up and knock him down. Yeah. And that's what he wants from oh, Frank. Yes. A psychological <laughs> profile so he can go there, stand in front of the jury and say, here's why he did this. Here's why he needs to die. Yes. And and Frank, of course, is just coming in and they've brought him everything he needs. And it's not and he doesn't meet the coroner. He meets the coroner's assistant. assistant. Yeah. Right. And um, a fun character who gets a nice arc in the episode. Yes, and the car- and the and the coroner, of course, is off fishing. Yeah, and you know the judge because it's not worth it to him, right? He's not he's not concerned yeah. with any of this. His job is done. So Frank is is watching everything, and he's going to read everything, and he's looking at all the pictures, and he decides he has to go to the yeah. house, and you know, and then you meet the creepy sheriff, the deputy, the deputy. Kevin. Our, yes, Kevin. He's our red our, herring. Yes, and I mean, he was a, it was a good. It's fantastic character. the way he's lurking around for the entire episode. Yeah. And know, we're going to have a conversation about him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, so in a bit, had, we're going to have to have a conversation about Kevin because, yeah. well, I remembered this episode differently than it plays out. Yeah. And we're going to talk about why and what that means. But anyway, uh, before we get there, <laughs> Yeah, okay. They go through, we get like this horrific recitation of all the evidence and this absolutely brutal scene of going through the house and hearing, you know, the order in which the children died. Like it's, it's brutal. And the wife died and, Mm -hmm. and that this man is, has, and you have to understand. Like the wife came downstairs and found, oh, he is confessed. Yeah. And the wife is, yeah. The wife came downstairs and found him standing over the body of, 
right? His um, son. And so he had to kill her too. And then, you know, he just went upstairs and went from one child to another, stabbing yeah. them to death. And then t- took them all downstairs and wrapped them in cloth, together. old timey burial, wrapped yeah. them in cloth together down in the basement where his son first fell. Yes. Yeah. So Oof. it is, it is a brutal retelling of yeah. what the sheriff and, um, as the, and Frank says he wants to talk to the sheriff. Yeah. And so he goes to seize the sheriff's lawyer. And yeah. Right. By the way, I, I really liked this one scene character. Like he's yeah. only here for one scene, but he makes a great impression. And he's like, look, you're okay with killing people or you're not. I don't yeah. care what he did. You're okay with killing people or you're not. I'm not okay with killing people. So I'll try to keep him off death row. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you make a good point, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like you are ethically consistent. You got to, you got to respect that kind of ethical this, consistency. Yeah. This lawyer just says, no, I'm, I, you know. Yeah. I'm against the death penalty. It. I'm against Why do I, people. because Frank is asking him to talk. Yeah. Frank just says, no, I am not going to. Mm-hmm. He said, and I'm not sure he did it. Yeah. You know, and so then Frank goes to talk to him. So yeah. the lawyer does, and the poor prosecutor is getting more and more fed up. With Wary. Him. Yeah, like, what the hell are you trying to do here? Yeah. Why are you going and, and talking to the other lawyer? Okay, and but the weird thing is, is that Frank sees this this number on the window. Yeah. Right? One, one, two, one, five, one. eight. No, but no, yeah. one, five, eight, one, five. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, well, one, two, eight, one, two, eight, one, five. Except the two. Isaiah doesn't have one, 58 two, five, books eight. in it. Yeah, because yeah. it turns out Frank does figure out what it is. Yeah. And the I, the I, the one is, is actually an I. I. Yeah. So then it's Isaiah 58, 15 or something. Yeah. Like or that. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but that's, you know, at this point, but the sheriff... But you get the fantastic sequence of him going and talking to the sheriff. Yes. Right? Where the sheriff runs through, you know, everything he did and can't explain, but he can't explain why he did it. And he has this rage. He says, I'm feeling rage. Whereas, and Frank's, after he comes out of it, he says he didn't do it. Because this was a methodical murder mm-hmm. all of it was methodical yeah. and there was and no calm. rage yeah, yeah there was no rage associated with any of it yeah and that's just not what he's describing and he yeah. also points out that in every confession he's heard uh he gets people misremember things or they get details wrong and he's like got every single part of this completely laid out because he's describing these crimes like a police officer who investigated them, not like a perpetrator who did them because a perpetrator will, it's an intense thing, right? And you don't remember every detail and you try to shade things to decrease your culpability and all of this stuff. Like this is a man who's full of guilt, but this is not the person who committed these crimes. As it turns out. Yes. That is Frank's belief. And so then, then your red herring comes up mm-hmm. because you're assuming, because somehow or another, Frank figures out the Isaiah and the Isaiah is about blood. You have to pay for blood with blood. Yeah. And the prosecutor, and that, is it Frank or the prosecutor? No, I think it's Frank who says, well, yeah, okay, you know, or the prosecutor says they have 
they shoot them, right? Yeah. It's a firing squad Utah. there. It's a firing squad in Utah. So it's blood. He has to pay with blood. Mm-hmm. All right. And you're going, okay. And then somehow or another, I now I don't remember, but some where does at this point the adultery kind of oh she's pregnant. Yeah. They found right. they find the, the thing mother. that she bought a pregnancy test that day. That day. Toothpaste and a pregnancy test at the drugstore. Yep. And so he finds out that they were going to a um right, a marriage counselor, and she goes to talk to the marriage counselor. And the marriage counselor is like, I can't talk to you about my clients. And he's like, you know, one's dead and the other one's going to jail for killing her. What does it matter? But she's like, you can ask me a question. I can't promise to answer it. So he's like, was she having an affair with Deputy Kevin? Because that's who we assume. That's who's been hanging around the edges of this case. Yeah. Who talks about what a wonder, who keeps talking about what a wonderful man the sheriff is. The sheriff was in a wonderful family, right? Yeah, and what a wonderful family they were. And you're like, oh my God, did he have to cover up the fact that he got the wife pregnant and that? And her point is, uh, under no circumstances, she was a faithful woman under no circumstances. Can you, you know, can you say that about her? I will not say the same thing about her husband. (laughs) I will, no, I will not talk about her husband. Exactly. She doesn't say, I won't say the same. (laughs) But it's clear what the implication is. So the implication is the sheriff has had an affair, an affair, mm-hmm. and she is now pregnant with his yeah, child, with another one, a fourth child, a fourth child, right? Yeah. They've got three already. Now they're going to have a fourth. And yep. he and Frank goes back to the house and he finds that the sheriff has was for her birthday, which was the next day. Yep. Had created an angel, mm-hmm. and on the bottom of it, it says "Love Bill." Yeah, or I guess his name is Bill as well. Yeah, are all exactly. sheriffs? Are Almost all, all cops are named uh, Bill in this one. Are named Bill in this show? Again, right? like I said, I just watched NYPD Blue. Every third character is named John on that show. It's just yeah. it's something. It's realistic and it's annoying, and you got to put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, so this sheriff's name is also Bill, but yeah. so it. And Frank just goes, says, look, you don't, you, you don't, don't spend this time carving this, you know, wooden angel and lacquering this wooden angel for someone that you were filled with rage against and you were planning to kill. Yes. You just and, don't do it. And the sheriff still will not say anything. And Frank just leaves the angel there. Yeah. In the, in the room, because this is the second time he's gone to see the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And it just told him you didn't do this, and Frank has pretty much figured out. Well, when he figures it out, and this is when he said to the sheriff that, like, the person who did this thought that the children were angels. Yes, that's and, what Frank has seen, and that's and what so Frank believes. Frank, yes, so Frank now says we've got to exhume the body because there's something wrong with yeah. the way the coroner did it, right? Yeah. And so this is the first time because the girl, the the deputy coroner, yeah, you know, and Frank says, well, we're going to have to exhume the bodies. Well, they're not going to give, the prosecution is not going to give, well, we have to find You're the, the medical examiner, but it's like, it's not up to him. You're the metal- medical examiner while that guy's uh, off fishing. So it's up to you whether they exhume it as long as we find a judge to agree yeah. with you. Yeah. And so they couldn't, they wouldn't have found a judge in no. town. They went to the federal They court. went to the federal judge. court. They got a federal judge. Presumably using Peter Watts' contacts. Yeah. Yeah. So they got the uh, 
So they got the exhumation order and it was the mother that they needed because to yeah. what happened is the coroner had said it was defensive wounds on, on her, her hands. hands. Because she was stabbed five times in the chest, in the heart. Yeah. And then she, and then he, so the, so the coroner now looks at it again and says, how did I miss this? Yeah. Because the wounds are all, when you get a defending wound against somebody stabbing you, the defensive wound is a stab and these are all slices and cuts. Mm -hmm. There is no way that these are the kind of wounds that we are told they you know, and, and uh, so, like you say, how did I miss this? And so they go and they confront the DA with this and she and the assistant coroner lays out what actually happened. This yeah. woman stabbed herself five times in the chest and then yeah. collapsed over dead. Except that she and it turns out she was when he he went back in the house. Oh, yeah. Then and the key part out. is uh, the and the other part that they find out is that her bladder voided, yet there was no urine. Yeah down in the basement so she was not stabbed in the basement the way they thought and frank looks at the blood on the window and looks at the carpet there and he's like she was stabbed here yeah and so they search that carpet and they find out the carpet was laundered yeah like it was clearly laundered. they find traces of her urine and they find traces of blood so yes this is where she was stabbed yes so they they can then now go okay so the guy was heard none of this yep. happening mm -hmm. and he comes in and he sees the children he goes into the kitchen like he sees the one son he goes right racing up to the kitchen she has stabbed herself but she's still alive and she says to him i couldn't live with your and there ain't they were and you know i couldn't live with it your adultery mm -hmm. and to him to her husband and he goes and all of his children is dead. And he feels horrible guilt. Yeah. He knows this is, he believes all of this is his fault. Yeah. I I would blame the religious structure she lived in more than I would yeah. blame him. Yeah. But yeah, she decided he committed adultery and she decided to protect her children from the world and let them die as angels before they were corrupted by the world. Yes. And that includes the fourth. Yes. Yes, and that includes, because she couldn't, and the triggering influence was that there was going to be a fourth child, and she yeah. couldn't bring another child into this fallen world. Yes. and But she, the problem is, the judge is like, I don't see enough evidence here to reopen the case. You know, I, I have no corroboration. I have theories, but I don't have any corroboration. I don't have enough evidence here to cover all of this up. Yeah, Sorry, then, to open all of this up again. Yeah, and then Frank's going... But there's a time discrepancy here. Yep. That's when he's going, okay, so we've got to find more. There's a time discrepancy here. So what does that mean? Somebody had to help him. He he looks at the uh, amount of cleanup that had to be done. Yeah. And he realizes the sheriff couldn't have done it all on its own. And that leaves only one possible suspect. So now yeah. we finally get our big scene with Deputy Kevin. Yeah. Where we find out that... Uh, you know, that he went, he got the call from the sheriff and he came over and the sheriff said what he was going to do and he helped him set all of it up to look like the sheriff was the killer and remove all evidence that the wife did it. Yeah. And our episode ends with Frank saying, you can, like, you can confess to this and get him off death row or you can let him die, which he believes he has to do to protect his soul. But it's yeah. up to you. And that's the end of the episode. 
It doesn't give you the finality of Riding the Lightning where she dies at the end during the concert. Like, here, we don't know what Kevin's going to do. And that's the end of the episode. So here is the thing that I remembered wrong. Well, and that, and I think adds additional context and explains most of the character's actions. And if I was completely misreading this, you just go ahead and tell me and I will, I will slink off. Okay. Okay. With your cold. He had the affair with Kevin, right? Well, that's, you see, because, and the thing is. That's the implication, right? That is the implication. Okay, thank you. Because I was worried I was making this up out of nowhere. No, this is no, like because this this would fit into the reverse. Because we assume that Kevin has been having the affair with the wife and that this baby is Kevin's. That is how you are led down this garden path. Yep. And then it then at the end. When mm-hmm. it's up to Kevin to make the decision. Yeah. You know, it's, and this is Utah. Yeah, that's They're my all point. They're Mormons. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. So, and it, you see why I remembered it this way, right? Because she, the only thing that you can think, I can see why you remembered it that way. Yeah. But we are never told that and we have to backfill that story in. Because this, because for her she would have forgiven him if he had had sex with a woman. Yep. But Utah, Utahns, Mormons are so homophobic. So monstrously homophobic. Oh, even, even today. To this day. So, I feel like the plot, and honestly, why is Kevin so racked with guilt the entire episode? It's not because yeah. he helped him cover up and he's not because uh, he's worried about the guy killing himself. At the end, we find out that it's like he he believes and like clearly loves this man and trusts him to do the right thing for himself. And yeah, he's like he wants to save him, but he doesn't know if he has the right to. But it's like this man is just playing guilt, 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 guilt. Yeah. In and- every scene. Everything. And that's why, and that's why they managed to convince you that he might be the killer because of yeah. how clearly he's playing guilt. And the only way that makes sense to me is if Kevin was who he had the affair with. That that would be a logical assumption. It's okay, not thank stated, you. It's not it, stated in the episode at all. It's never. You have to kind of understand first of all what it means to be a Mormon. Yeah. You have to understand what this woman would have done. And she would have forgiven him just like any good Catholic wife would have forgiven her husband. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, but, but him being gay or bisexual, he must have confessed to his wife in the, in the therapy, in therapy that it was Kevin. And that's why the, and that's why the, the therapist reacts so harshly to the idea that she had an affair with Kevin. Yes. Well, I know not only that, that's why she won't talk about the sheriff. Exactly. Either. I'm just saying, like, this all makes sense. Yeah. The episode makes so much more sense if Kevin is who he had the affair with, right? Yes. Okay, thank you. Because, again, I remembered it that way. I remembered it being clear. Yeah, it's not clear at all. You'd have to, you have to backfill. Okay. Nobody, nobody anywhere. The only way you can think that these people are Mormons, nobody says anything about Mormonism in this episode. No. Except that they call it covenant. Yeah. 
Nobody says anything, and angels play a big part in Mormonism. Oh, it's a giant thing in Mormonism. Okay, so you you're looking at all of this, but nobody says the word Mormon. Any and, ever, yes. Ever. And the only way you can figure this one out is that it takes place in Utah. Yeah. And and that is a way of obfuscating for us because we focus on Utah as being a place where this man is going to be able to shed blood. Yeah. To to pay for the blood that he shed. Mm-hmm. And the only way to be forgiven and to go into heaven is to have his blood shed. Yep. And this is why Kevin is having such a hard part too. Because he believes because, as well. Yeah, he believes as well. And the two of them, if they've had an affair, even Kevin cannot accept that that is acceptable. Nope. And it probably only happens He once. says it's just it was just the one time. Yes. He's the one who says that. Yes. Like there's, I I don't understand how you can read this any other way than Kevin yeah. is who he had the affair with. Kevin is the one who says it was just one time. Like, how would Kevin know? Yeah, how would Kevin know? Because obviously Kevin is the one he had the affair with. It has to be right. Yeah, I don't. I like the only way. Like when you when you when you bring Mormonism into it. Yeah, which is the that's background. The only. The only conclusion you can come to, but nowhere in this episode does it give you that conclusion. No. Okay, I'm, so, I'm glad we're on the same page about this. You know, yeah, I mean it. It is. Um, it's it's a compelling episode if you look at the subtext, especially. Yes, and and it is, and and it it makes even more sense when you look at. At her killing herself. Yep. You know, she can barely talk to him. Yep. Except that she's willing to forgive him, but he can't forgive himself for having this homosexual affair. That's what I'm saying. And he can't. And and he's separated himself out from the family entirely. Yes. Because he feels himself totally contaminated Mm -hmm. and she can't live with him having done this. Yep. And her children are still angels. And, you know, I mean, I mean, but we never hear her talk, except she says a few words, just that she bought the chicken from such and such a place. And she wants him to come to the meal. He is the one that can't come. Yes, he can't face his family. He can't face his family because he has committed a unforgivable act. Yes. Yes. An unforgivable act himself. And she also believes that, so she can't tell him, I'll forgive you. (laughs) Like, there's a whole... There's a whole world going on in this episode. In this episode, but none of it is clear. No, but it's like, the way I'm going to say it is, the way I'm going to say it is, this episode, everything makes perfect sense if Kevin is who he had the affair with. And I think we know enough about the way the show is written, the writers of this show, the kind of stories they tell, that that has to be the intention, right? Well, no, I think that they knew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, whoever wrote this episode must have known. Mm -hmm. But But I think they weren't allowed to say it. They're not taking on Mormonism. (laughs) Well, no, and also... And the homosexuality. they, They weren't allowed to say Mormon, and they weren't allowed to say gay but they made it as implicit as they possibly could or bisexual 
as they possibly could because, and this is what people don't understand. Like, 1997. You were literally not allowed to talk about gay people on television at the time. Like, period. You couldn't talk about gay people on television. And that sounds crazy, but it's completely true. It was a scandal every time you talked about gay people on television. Like, it was a giant news story that Ellen DeGeneres was going to be out and gay on her TV show, which then immediately got canceled. You know? Like, it's... It was the kind of thing you did. I mean, hell, we literally just in the um, the loin like hunting flame, we had a look was all you could say about a homosexual relationship between the two men, a homosexual encounter. Like you couldn't confirm it, but it's like you just have this look between the two men and the cop. Yeah. So here, I I think you know there's issues with censorship on top of everything else. Well, guess what? You yeah. know, when, when, okay, so this episode aired March 21st, 1997. Right. Ellen DeGeneres officially came out April 14th, 1997. So this is what I'm saying. A month <laughs> you know? later. A like, month you're just later. not allowed to talk about this stuff on television at the yeah. time. Like, remember what a scandal it was whenever they did an episode about someone having AIDS. Remember what a scandal it was when they wanted gay people on 30-something. Yeah. You know, like, the that was it was a huge scandal that there was going to be a gay kiss on television. And it had to, like, air after 10 p.m. Because <laughs> people had to be protected from seeing that. It's, oh, Lord. I mean, can you... I mean, I'm just going back. The past sounds crazy. I know, to our younger listeners, the past sounds insane. But this yeah. is... All the stuff we're talking about is completely true. The past was this insane. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. All right, so... um, Okay, I'm glad I did remember it wrong. I'm not going to pretend I didn't remember it wrong. But I'm glad that, in a sense, I did remember it right, too. Well, well yeah, only if you try and figure out... Let me kiss... Because that's the big problem. Yeah. Okay, is how could this wife be this crazy? Unless... Right? Yeah. If her husband what could be the provocation? Upset. And that's the... It's the only thing that would motivate her to do this. I can't imagine. And, and it explains and his guilt and his determination to kill himself. And it explains Kevin's guilt because he blames himself for what happened to this family. Yes. And... It also explains why the psychologist will not talk about what the sheriff did because she's a Mormon too. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. okay. All right. We are we are saying our official statement is that's what happened in this episode. He and Kevin had the affair and it explains everything. Yep. All right. Let's move on to a straight horror episode featuring Zeljko Ivanek, who I love oh, yeah. the most. Oh yeah. my God, he's fantastic this he's week. He's so great in this episode. Oh, man's always great, but he is so great this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we you see say people. That every time. It's like Brad Dourif, you know? I know. Yeah. You, he never your... disappoints. Like, never just there are actors out there who never disappoint. And yeah. Zeljko Ivanek is absolutely one of those actors. Just, I've never seen him put in a bad performance. So All right. So, uh, there it, we see a group of people in a room. Yeah. absolutely freaking out and a woman, a nurse like barely escapes the room yeah, and locks them all in and flees into the night. Yeah. Then, <laughs> oh God. Uh, 
Yep. It turns out Frank is one of the people in there freaking out. Yeah. And that's that's and, one hell of an opening. Yeah, that's banging on the on the glass because banging on the glass and smashing the glass and cutting up his hands. But but the glass, okay, but the glass is with wire chicken wire inside. Yeah. Yes. So you there's know? no so, getting through the glass. Yeah. So he trashes his hands, but he can't get out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> God, this episode. Uh cut to cut. <laughs> cut to, to home. Yeah, home. And Peter Watts shows up looking for Frank. Yep. Because he never showed up to do the job he was supposed to do for the Millennium Group. And Catherine hasn't heard from him either. And we're like, uh oh, this is going real bad. Yes. And is this where they it's talk about his? Beginning. No, she, he says he has no because he says he has to look through Frank, Frank's things mm-hmm. to try and figure uh, out figure out what Frank has been working on that he disappeared like this because it's yeah. no, everyone knows this isn't like Frank at all. No, but the problem is, as Catherine says, at this point, yes, but he did at one point go walkabout. Exactly, and she explains before that he has a uh, yeah before his breakdown, he has a name he uses when he travels under it, yeah. uh, when he wants to escape the world, and so they use that to try and track him down. Yeah, like the hotel he might have been at, and luckily Frank does turn up in a homeless encampment badly brutalized and his hands cut up yes and the cops find him because because two of the co- two of the homeless people are fighting over frank's watch i know right now it it is um it's that opening is is very interesting oh yeah right um and it's that frank it, it's the interaction between peter watts because what they do is they find the David, they find the David Marks because um, Peter is going through his emails and they're all encrypted. Yeah. So he not only finds David Marks, but he also that's the name Frank's use. Frank uses, by the way, in case yeah, I, yeah, I forgot Frank. to mention the actual name. Thank you. Yeah, it's David Marks that Frank uses, and Frank has been talking to this doctor called Daniel Miller, something like that. Yeah. That's Elko Ivanich. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been talking to this doctor. Yeah. And so this gives at least Peter something to go looking for. Yeah. But Frank, they bring Frank stuff. Frank is badly beaten up, but he's not all that bad. And he gets out after he's been treated at the hospital. Yeah. But with and bandaged hands and all. Bandaged hands and all. And he can't remember anything. Yeah. Anything about the past couple of days. He doesn't Except- know what he was doing. Except somebody, he is convinced that somebody was murdered wherever yeah. it was that he was. He distinctly remembers someone getting killed. Yes. And then they discover that Frank had, that there are these drug trials going on. Mm-hmm. And Frank also has the drug in his system, but Frank doesn't take drugs ever. Ever. He doesn't period. even take aspirin. He, yes. He will not take anything. You know, because uh, he cannot, he's, you know, afraid of messing with his brain chemistry at all. Yeah. And he goes to see Zeljko Ivanek, who, you know, is the guy who tipped him off about these drug trials, about essentially trying to f- come up with a drug to stop schizophrenic people from having visions. Yeah. Supposedly, this is the, the, yeah. what this, this trial is. And you're going, 
Oh dear. So Frank That's certainly Frank, not what we were watching. <laughs> no, but what what you're thinking is that if that's what Frank was told, Frank is trying in in uh, immediately I'm going, yeah, Frank is trying to do something about so he's not accepting that his visions, he thinks they're kind of weird hallucinations. Yeah, he's not as a, opposed to a message well, from no. God. Yeah, essentially. Essentially, yes. Yeah, no, he wants, he, and of course, we will later find out why he suddenly decided to look into this. Yeah. Uh, and it but, does answer your annoyance from earlier in the, yeah, epi- in the episode. Yes, it yeah. does. But in, in the, the first episode we talked about. Yeah. Uh, um, so, but the point is, they go to talk to the people who are running the drug trial, like the people who, who are run the drug the, company. Yeah. Well, first they, 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 they do have, they talk. So, because Peter is going... Yeah, but if you've got no memory, how do you know these things? And maybe you're just thinking them up. Yeah. Right? You, you, how can you, if you were so completely out of it, because they do find the tapes yeah. eventually and see it all. And mm-hmm. um, they're going, oh, geez, his brain is so muddled up. Well, how they do- find the location where it was. Yeah. And that, that leads them to the fact that, like, cameras were taken out of. Because yeah. he knows that someone was sitting there watching all of them do this. And it was somebody's yeah. design that they behave that way. Yeah. Right. And so they managed to track down the other participants yeah. who also remember someone's eyes getting, like, a man gouging out his own eyes. Which we did see. Yeah. And we saw. And Frank is like, that's who got killed. Yes. The Except guy with the missing eyes. You find that guy and nobody really remembers. And these people are people who make a living. Doing, doing one drug trial. trial after another. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. What a bleak world the show is. Yeah, well, we, we do know we've had that in other oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's a real thing. But yeah. just what a bleak window into the world this episode yeah. offers. Right. So there are these people People who are renting out their bodies because these companies, you know, need to do human trials before they can submit to the FDA and get approval. And so this was one of them. Yeah. And And they're trying to figure out who is running this trial because, of course, the, you know, Peter, Peter Watts does take the original because Frank is going, but I would never take drugs. So it must have been in the water. Yeah. Peter Watts is saying, no, they're saying there's nothing in the water. Well, Peter Watts does do the smart thing and send it back to his own lab. Yep. Right? And sure enough, that's yeah. when they find... The actual the, chemical. The chemical, right? And she says, well, it's Proloft, this, the drug. I love that they call it Proloft. Yeah. We, we all know what we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, this is when Zoloft was new. It was like, there, there's Zoloft and there's Prozac. Yeah, and they've turned right, them so into both. And they were both new drugs when this episode came out. So what happens is, is that, of course, she finds that someone has engineered it. So it's got not just the prologue, which is the serotonin reuploader and calms you down. Yep. But it's got a mirror image mm-hmm. that actually does just the opposite. So somebody yep. has been messing with the drug trials. Messing with the drug trials and messing their brains. Yeah, and specifically, specifically to screw up the brains of anyone involved in these drug trials. Yeah. Oh. Now we've got to find out who the hell is doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, it has to be somebody who works there, obviously. Ah. 
Uh, but around this time, they also discover the nurse's body. She didn't escape that far. Somebody oh. murdered her and threw her in a garbage bin. That was just terrible. Poor yep. Frank finding that and oh, I know. walking the street and he, he just knows. And, and then the garbage man looks up and goes, oh, all right. You could just, th yep. that, that's the beauty of this show. You don't get Frank seeing it. You yeah. get the garbage guy. Yeah. Scene, right. You get that extra and he beat. Just goes, ah, that extra beat and um, show. But Frank tells Peter what? No, that's not the one I'm talking about. That's yeah. not the one. Mm -hmm. So then we go back to Zevko Ivanek. Zelko Ivanek. Zelko Ivanek. I always put the L in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we go back to him, and because Frank has been saying, well, can you find it? He's going, I don't know who it is. And this guy, though, is committed to finding out who was running this trial that has done these horrible things to people. Yeah. Because and he so, is, as they say, a doctor of last resort. He had to leave his family because he had visions so bad that he walked off into traffic because he thought they were the lights of angels welcoming into heaven. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's what, you know, he talks about why he had to, like, why he's, you know, yeah. if he's such a talented doctor, why is he living in this hovel? Yeah, because he had, well, he got, but he also got basically demedicalized because he was already a doctor of last resort. Yeah. And then he, and then, so then he, um, you know, and so that's why he helps these people and Frank, and Frank still doesn't truly yet is only basically slowly coming to an understanding of yeah. how he ended up there because mm -hmm. it did scramble his brain, Yeah, you know, and then Peter Watts is trying to figure out whether he's lying. Catherine says to Peter Watts, he'll never lie to me. And then she says it to Frank too. Mm -hmm. You never lie to me. Yes, yeah. you didn't tell me where you were, but you don't lie to me. Yeah. And if he says he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And yeah. Frank um, is trustworthy. Yeah. And so, you know, but they're still trying to figure this this all out, you know. And you see, um, you see the doctor. We've well, because we saw an original look sort of at his face. Yep. And then we see him later on, and then we find, um, so whatever his name was, Dan, Daniel, yeah. the doctor, mm -hmm. uh, going through pictures from the drug company. He's just yeah. going through picture after picture, and he recognizes somebody. Yep. At the same time, back at the ranch, they're figuring out who the somebody was. Mm -hmm. and so they're off at the drug company frank and peter at the drug company and the woman says i can't believe this guy would do something horrible he's been dedicated employee he's never missed a day and yep. that's you just and yet he's not here today <laughs> <laughs> right so okay we've got we've got the guy yeah and now they have to figure out what he's going to do and there's poor daniel trying to get him like because he shows up at daniel's door Yep. Obviously, Daniel's been in contact with him, and he's he kills Dan. He, well, he he drugs him. He drugs gives him Dan. the he gives him the exact same drug to trigger his schizophrenia. Yep. And Daniel runs out into traffic just like he did last time, but this time he isn't so lucky, and Frank isn't able to get there in time. Yeah, he tried. Ugh. That was so sad. Mm -hmm. Especially because it's only after he's dead that, like the. Uh, 
that uh, Peter Watts come back with the, you know, the full rundown on him. And we find out that, yeah, everything he said was true. He was a doctor who dedicated himself entirely to giving treatment to people who had nowhere else they can go. Yeah, people with HIV. Homeless people with mental problems, people with HIV uh, who, you know, could not get in. could not get they don't say azt but we know it's a dallas dallas buyers club type of situation yeah yeah it's uh it, it is really tragic that they did manage to save uh dr daniel yeah but it was um you know so it's it, it was it was um it's a hard episode again as you say it's a horror episode it's you know it's just horrible and then they finally they they go to the guy's apartment, the doctor's apartment, who's been doing these trials. Yeah. And, and they find all of his books and all of the trials and the fact that, like, there's and there's, there's his observance of Frank. Yeah. And they open the fridge. Oh. Because he's opened the fridge for, first and gotten an apple out, and we don't even see anything. Yeah. But, he, so, Frank's dead guy was in mm-hmm. the doctor's fridge. Yep, with his eyes gouged out. Oof. Yeah. Yikes. And then... Yeah, oh. that was a rough one. Oh, so yeah. then they figured the only place he's likely to, you know, like... Obviously he's doing this in one way or another to get back at the drug company. You know, like this is all attack on the drug company in this attempt to make this uh, pro-loft. Yeah. Right, so they uh, so they hear the alarms go. There's suddenly alarms from the drug company because he's put the his psychosis drug in the water supply. That was just a dry run, and everybody's tearing each other's faces off. <gasps> and Frank rushes in. We see a guy you know leap out the window to his death. Frank rushes in and he goes to the security room because obviously the guy would want to be watching yeah. everything he has created, and. They arrest him, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Except well, for there's there's a capper, there's a genuine we'll talk about in a second. But it's like they really it's it is fascinating how like the the continual message of uh, Millennium is you will not be satisfied at the end of these episodes. Well, yes, and well, and no, but this and this guy gives this whole speech about. How, about you know, people being turned people into zombies. Zombies, yeah. basically. They're all going to be the same with these drugs that, you know... Yeah. They're going they, to destroy, you know, the variety of human experience by flattening us all out with drugs. Essentially, literally Soma from Brave New World, you know? Yeah, well, like, and you know... I mean, and by the way, like, this was a conversation that was happening at the time. That if we all get on antidepressants... Right. Well, it's not just, it's just going to turn into Soma from Brave New World. And it already it's going to started. destroy humanity. Yes, but the reason that it was, we all, if you don't know the Rolling Stones song, Mother's, Mother's Little, Little Helpers, Helper, yeah. right, then you have to go and read it, or... Which uh, was technically about speed, everybody. Yeah, well, yes, but Valium is... Oh, no, isn't it about her needing energy? No. Oh, it's about her calming down. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's about Valium. Oh, there you go. My bad. Yeah. I remember it as being help about her, speed. Helps her get her through the day, right? Yeah, and that's why I'm saying get her through take, the day is... No, it's taking the edge, complete edge oh, off. Oh, I see what you're saying. Valium right, was right, right. very, very difficult. It was very, very addictive. That's why they started to move to these other things, because yeah. 
you know, I mean, the Prozacs of the world, well, yeah, Prozac was problematic. To Valium some... just puts you in autopilot mode because you were in a sedative all day long. Yeah, you're on, you have a sedative all day long. It's a low dose sedative that was super addictive. Yeah. And it's, so Valium was a real problem. All you have to do is go read, um, oh, what's her face? And she was an actress as well. Um, but anyway, Valley of the Dolls. Oh, God, yeah. Just go read. I mean, this was the problem. They already had these things. And what you're thinking of is, it, so they would give you people the downers and the uppers, right? Exactly. And that's what I I'm mean, thinking about. You can see these horror these horror stories for, from people like um, Judy Garland. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey Rooney will talk about it. For oh, yeah. Too, because these children were being pushed to work hours and hours and hours a day. And mm -hmm. already when they were in their early teens, you wonder why Judy Garland was dead by like 47. Like, you know, or, you know, um, you know. Oh, by she, the way, uh, can I tell you the most amazing thing about, uh, 60s, but... uh, can I tell you uh, okay, the most amazing on. thing about Judy Garland? Which, well, what? Uh, okay, so Stonewall happened okay. on the day of Judy Garland's funeral. There was essentially like a scandal down, you know, down in New York where a huge number of gay people tried to, you know, go to Judy Garland's funeral. Well, and the cop, the listen and the cops, uh, you know, kicked them out and they came back and it was just it of the many, many reasons they had to riot. One of the things they were pissed off about was that Judy Garland had died yesterday. It's not the main thing they were pissed about. That was the police raid. But one of the the tip over to the one of the reasons that it tipped over into a full on riot is they were all still pretty pissed about what happened to Judy Garland. Yeah. Weird, right? Well, Stonewall started a week later. She died. Oh, I yeah, know. Yeah, the funeral. Exactly yeah. the funeral. That's what I'm saying. Oh, not okay. not her death. Like yeah, the public funeral that they had for her. Yeah. Okay, well, here we It was else? the day before. I mean, she was, for sure, she was a gay icon. Oh, right? yeah. They loved her. And Absolutely the idea is, time. did they, did they, so the question. Literally, the code it, for gay was friend of Dorothy. Yes, friend of Dorothy. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, like, she was, like, the gay community's, like, window into, quote, unquote, you know, polite culture was Judy Garland. Yeah. And somebody said she is an Elvis for homosexuals. I mean, that's absolutely true. Yes. Yeah, just anyway, a fun fact. So um, it's, uh, I'm trying to remember the actor's name, but it's the president, the evil president from 24 who uh, who made the drug, made the killer drug. Yes. Because yes. he doesn't want people to get zonked out. It is, it is so weird watching this panicky stuff. And the crazy part is, like, if you look back to the conspiracy stuff at the time, they were all saying that, you know, all the conspiracy people were saying uh, that this was going to turn people into zombies. But you know what the crazy part is? Integral in a lot of the, the conspiracy lore was that Prozac was also going to turn, you know, X number of people into bloodthirsty murderers. Like, you know, for the most part, yeah, everyone yeah. would just be zonked out. But then every now and then, one of them would turn into a bloodthirsty murderer. And it's like something that Alex Jones still says to this day. And I'm like, gosh, I wonder if Millennium uh, helps get that idea started. 
Well, you really, you're, yeah, you really wonder when you watch this episode, right? Mm -hmm. well, particularly since this was a genre show, for sure. It was a genre show. Uh, we know Alex Jones loves the X-Files, you know, yeah. when he was getting started. So it's not impossible that this but, factored in. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that, I mean, the drugs are changing. I mean, now that we, now that we have um, mapped the genome. Yeah. We will actually be able to, because once you get, I never took Prozac. I only took yeah. the, um, the one that came after Prozac. Mm -hmm. uh, I can never remember it. Name two and a half. I think I think I was on it for about two and a half years. Right. Um, and that was very late. It was just before I came to the Sioux, actually, because I was mm. still taking it when I came to the Sioux. Right. But it was like, I always tell that story and people go, what? I said, well, yeah, one day I think I get up one morning and go, geez, I guess I should take my whatever it was. You know, not lithium, but the next best. No, thing. no, no. Oh, no, no. I Because I didn't have. Anything. That's a joke. Yeah. Okay. That no, no. clearly no. It was, a joke. It was the other one. Yes. The, it, was the, uh, it was the one and, after Prozac or okay. and Zoloft. Yes. And I didn't take. I've never taken Zoloft. That's it, my point. It's the one after Prozac and Zoloft, whose name we can't remember. That's not important yeah, to the story. Right. Please continue. Well, yes. So what, what happened is, and then I looked at the packet, like I looked at my bottle, my prescription yeah. bottle, and, and I looked at it and I went, "How long has it been since I've taken one?" <laughs> because I was only taking half of one anyway. Right. And I looked at it, and so I pulled them out, and I'm going, I looked at the date. And I pulled them out, and it had been probably six weeks since I'd taken one. Wow. You realized I, you weren't needing them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just a gradual... You weaning know, I, off. Yeah. A, a gradual weaning off of just cutting them in half under with my doctor. And um, it was just... But, and this is the interesting thing, is that after my mother died, I thought, you know, I, I was having a rough time and stuff. Of course. And I talked to, I talked to uh, my doctor and we had this, she says, yeah, she said, you can have a prescription if you want. She said, but understand that if you start taking it, if you take it again, you're going to have to take it for the rest of your life. Right. She said, so you're probably better off getting out of this on your own. Right. And it was funny. It was funny because when my dad died, my mother blanked out for about a week. And I remember Henry and I going to see the doctor. And the doctor says, look, we can give her something. Like my mother took seven years basically to really recover. Right. But he said, we can give her something. He said, and it'll, but it will stop her grieving. Right. And then one day she's going to have to stop it. And then she's going to agree. Go through so, all of that then, yeah. Five years from now, if she's on it for five years, five years from now, she'll be grieving your father's death and nobody will know what the hell's happening. Damn. And Makes he sense. says, right now, she'll, she'll get all the sympathy. Support needs she needs, And right. support she needs because this was so atrocious. My dad died in the, an accident at the steel plant. You know, he was only in his 50s. I mean, and my mother lived to be 92. So yeah, no, it's it's obscene what happened. It was obscene what happened to my father. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that was that was it. But it was the same thing, you know, that 
you have to go through all of this process. Yeah. And I had avoided, I had avoided all of those antidepressants and I, you know, for, for years, but I had a therapist. Yeah. Always. And when my therapist, he looked at me and he said, finally, because I had a massive panic attack. Mm-hmm. And he said, Jilly, he says, I really think this is what it, I didn't know what was happening to me. He said, right. well, this is, and I'm pacing and I panic. This is he all said, a delayed okay. reaction. He said, this is time for you now to go and get an antidepressant right Right now. And of course, and he's only a psychotherapist. He's got a PhD. He cannot prescribe. Go see my doctor. She takes me in right away. Like the next morning I see her and she says, okay, you start taking this. And uh, I explained to her and yeah, so it did calm everything down. Well, that's what matters. Um, and then just slowly, you know, pulled it back. But I will tell you that if this is what, whatever drug it is, if you need it, it will take effect. They tell you two to three to four weeks or whatever, two weeks or whatever. I tell you, three days later, I already knocked you out. Yeah. No, I'm no, starting... it didn't. Not it knocked didn't. you out, but yes, uh, no, no. you felt it right away. No, I felt it like I could feel the change. It was like yeah. I thought, and it's a serotonin reuploader. And immediately it took a few days, you know, yeah. to just start pumping serotonin back into my system. And then you just have to learn teach your body to create the serotonin by itself yeah but if you stay on it that's it Mm -hmm. right so anyway yeah i mean that and the drug no and what's so fascinating about the episode is like that there was this real paranoia at this time about what this was gonna not like there was that no not Not at all like that there was that oh no go go read some of them like psychology today even yeah like and but nowadays it's well you can't ever give it an no, off. I don't disagree with this, right? Yeah. But it's just like there's all sorts of different panics. Like you can't <laughs> modulate a drug for children. No, we're going to find a drug that makes you forget. Yeah. Your trauma. Oof. Okay. Good well, I, I did a whole blog. I did a whole blog on that on my. I did a whole post on that. On your blog, yes. We've talked about it on the show as well. Oh, absolutely. When we're doing Criminal Minds, because Criminal Minds, for all that we have to say about it periodically, managed to get us to talk about so many things. Oh, yeah. There were so many opportunities to talk about this stuff. No, and it's just, it's weird watching an episode that is about, I mean, there's no better way to describe it, about a moral panic. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, just Millennium is so classy and so well-made that you don't think of this as a moral panic episode. Yeah, but it is. But it is. It's an episode about the then popular moral panic of what is it going to do to the world when everybody is on antidepressants? Well, and the yeah. answer is everybody's on antidepressants now. Like like something like 40% of Americans are on antidepressants. And you know what? They're fine. <laughs> they're, they're doing fine. You know what? The world sucks. They're doing, everybody's just doing their best, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world, that's the whole point. The world sucks. The world sucks. We're all doing our best. And and what I said is there aren't enough good therapists around to walk everybody through Through it. So if you got to take a pill to help. Take a pill. You know, to get you. It's as simple as that. Speak. The world's a hard place, everybody. (laughs) And nobody's. And 
we don't have, you know, we don't have religion anymore. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to need therapy or we're going to need drugs. Or honestly, ideally both. <laughs> well, yes, the therapy, it, but you need to find a good therapist. And there are so many bad therapists around. Well, no, the funny so part is, again, I know that it's, it's like, it goes back into this, but that was the crazy part about watching. Uh, cause I told you this whole year, I watched all of NYPD Blue again, all yeah. 15 seasons of NYPD Blue. And the funniest thing about that show is if you wanted to say what this show is about, yeah. it's that like, A, toxic masculinity is really a problem, but B, people just need to get some therapy. <laughs> cause like every character on that show is just <laughs> so absolutely crippled by their inability to talk about their problems. Yeah. And it's like, then the one thing you've got there is you've got uh, Gay John, who's, you know, constantly reaching out to Andy. And if he didn't, like, uh, like, and that is the, yeah. the thing, because oh. Andy is such a monster at the start of that show. Yeah. But his relationship with John, with John yeah. is like the most important one in that entire show. Because it teaches him to, you know, like, get over all of his stuff. Yeah. Funny, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to start watching it again. Yeah, like it's it's a very interesting show in retrospect. <laughs> no, but it's it's so funny because I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, but when's John coming back? Like, when's <laughs> he's there? And then he leaves because he replaces Donna briefly. And it's like I know he's coming back for good, but it's like I keep thinking, okay, but when's John coming back? And I don't want to like skip ahead and or look at the thing to find out when he's coming <laughs> back. But I'm just very anxious waiting for John to get there because I know that's when Andy really starts to grow as a person. Yeah, we need to fix Andy, and we do. John, and I'm really sad that that show didn't keep going because it was a <laughs> it was a good show right up to the end. Yeah. It really was. All right. Okay. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up here. Oh, wait a minute. We oh, need wait. to talk. Oh, no, you're right. The final scene, the final scene, the final scene. Okay. Uh, yes. I, I'm so embarrassed. Yes. Uh, Frank explains that the reason he never would have taken the drug, he was drugged with the water, obviously, yeah. but he never would have done it. But he realizes that after re after it became clear that Jordan was having the same angelic visions he was, his first instinct as a father was... Can I keep her from suffering the life I've suffered? Yeah. Is is there going to be a way that I can just get her a pill so she doesn't have to turn into me? Yeah. And it turns out... There's not. <laughs> no. And therefore, if she does have my gift... Yeah. We're just going to have to work through it together. We'll have to be there for her yeah. as she works through it because no one was there for Frank. It's but It's honestly... I mean, like you say, it's just a horror episode. It's a moral panic, but it has a genuinely affecting ending, and yeah. it pays off the the way Jordan freaked out in the kidnapping episode. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that Frank hadn't let this go. Catherine yeah. is a little more, and they obviously had talked about it. Catherine, of course, I'm not sure what the relationship. Sometimes, like, okay, Bill doesn't know about his visions. Yeah. But Peter Watts does, and Peter Watts doesn't always. You, you, Peter Watts, you just don't quite understand. He knows that Frank sees these things, yeah. But he doesn't always know whether to trust what Frank sees, sort of periodically, and it comes out in this episode. Yeah, Bill just doesn't know, so you can't blame him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how Frank knows things. Peter yeah. does. Yeah. 
Anyway, Peter we'll- understands, but that we're going to get into that. Yeah. So um, things. So t- this week was about a. I mean, uh, a metaphorical devil mm-hmm. and a metaphorical angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, things we're going to step away from the world of the metaphorical next week. <laughs> Yes, we are going to do. Finally, we are going to step away from the world of metaphor and things get real, starting with episode 18, Lamentation. Uh, yeah. And episode 19, Powers, Principalities, Thrones, and Dominions. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now, these are these are these are something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not the same as all the stuff that we've been doing before. Except yeah. in the beginning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When the guy tried to hire him. <laughs> oh, my God. This is okay. going to be... I know. I mean, that's that... Again, the judge. We never, like... We never get any closure on who left that, you know, sorry to have missed you, Frank. Yeah. Note. We never yeah. got it. <laughs> like, do we hear back about that later? Because the devil was there. Yep. The devil who gave, like, Legion was there. So, anyway. Uh, but yeah, that should be a blast next week. I cannot wait to talk about these two episodes. Because, okay. wow. Yep. They are, they are something else. But for now, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like to recommend we check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this on an app or a podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. And uh, the big thing, join us back here next week for when uh, Millennium gets switched into high gear. (laughs) But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week.